Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, hello, America. Welcome back to hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted, as always, to to share some time with you today. Common sense conservatism, that's what we dish up every single day. And if you like it, share us with somebody you know. Let's trigger everybody out there, for heaven's sakes. You know, when I was a freshman in high school, a girl in an older grade who did not like me. I know, shocking, right? I heard Brock gasp through the glass. That's hurtful. Threw a wad of bubblegum in my hair. Now, those of you who've never seen me, I've got a wild mane of very curly hair. And there was no getting it out. It became a clump. And I remember going home. And my mom sitting down with a knife trying to go hair by hair to save what she could. And it did not work. We tried various juices and other things that said you could get rid of the gum. You can't. And so I had to cut my hair very short and be reminded every single day that I I looked in the mirror that there was a girl in my school that for whatever reason did not like me and wanted to take me down. So stupid, right? I'm reminded of this because it's tough as a kid. It's tough as a young girl going through puberty, starting a new school. And to just be on the receiving end of somebody who's just mean. It's a wake-up call. Life isn't fair. Hard thing to realize as a kid. A lot of people don't realize that as they get older. I realized that at a young age. You know, much like that bubblegum clump of my hair. The Democrats today are doing things that are specifically designed to gum up everything that we do in this country. Our house is under construction right now. 
Did you know that there are eight phases of building inspection that you need to go through where I live in a very blue dysfunctional community in order to proceed to the next phases of construction? Like I get a couple phases, a couple inspections. I get it. We need to make sure the electrical is all good. Plumbing is eight. And the, the, the lack of attention with which these inspections are managed with any kind of speed you're lucky if the inspector comes within the next two weeks. And so everything that you're waiting to do gets put on hold until this can be done and you can pass and move on to the next phase. It's meant to wear you down. It is meant to gum up the works. It is meant to make everything such a freaking hassle that you basically drop to your knees and surrender. I'm done. I'm done fighting. I was done watching my mom struggle to cut that wild cherry bubble gum out of my hair. And to this day, if I smell that, it takes me back in an instant. So if we can agree that that is the strategy, it's gonna make this big, big government complex. The bigger, the better. More ways we can enrich ourselves, lose money, fight all these foreign wars, get into this industrial military complex, right? All of these things, we got to act. Hurry up and spend more money. Basically, all to just beat you into submission, to be like, oh my gosh, what, what do I owe? Until you hear the commonality in what they say and you begin to identify the trends. Nothing that's happening, none of the faces who come out on the Democrat side who appear before the media's cameras are just spontaneous. This isn't just a, you know what, as I started in my opening monologue as a mom, I'm interested in the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas because of the absolute disregard for the lack of concern about America's missing children. And now all of these unaccompanied children too, right? They don't care. They tell you they don't care. They vote as though they don't care. And that's insulting. Sadly, the people they choose to come out have come out and represent the platform of the party are not good orators. They're not good on their feet. And they say the exact same thing. Case in point. Yesterday, we noticed that there was a, a bevy of commentary about playing games. This allegation by people on the left that, Dem- that Republicans are just playing games. They're playing political games with all of these impeachments. Really sort of like the impeachment one and the impeachment two of Donald Trump. Really? That's rich. But listen to Corrine Jean-Pierre. We're going to play her and then you're going to hear Jamie Raskin. He's going to say, though, in a more educated way, he speaks as a constitutional attorney that he is, he's going to be able to espouse it a little bit better. Same story, all right? So Corrine Jean-Pierre is going to say this. The Republicans, the GOP, this is all playing games. None of this matters. They're just slowing everything down when we care. They don't. Listen carefully. Go. 
Now it's time for Republicans to choose. Will they support the Border Patrol Union who have endorsed this bipartisan agreement, or will they continue to play games with our national security? Will they show some spine and do what they know is right, or will they put partisan politics ahead of our national security? As the Border Patrol Union put it, this bill is a step in the right direction and is better than status quo. Republicans oh. should listen to them and pass this bipartisan agreement. Yeah, well, it didn't work. That failed miserably. And she's trying to argue, of course, that doing something, even if that something sucks, is better than doing nothing, which those of us who pay the bill for the suck would disagree with. Correct? That was convoluted, but you get it. We're playing games, she said. Well, we're not playing games. Jamie Raskin, shortly thereafter, he comes out and he's going to say the same thing, but with more flair. Here you go. Uh, them playing games and their sinister political ploy <laughs> of stripping uh, aid to Israel away from uh, aid to Ukraine and aid to uh, for humanitarian assistance to Gaza. The president had advanced a complete package and had agreed to include the border measures as part of it. And in a desperate effort to just sink <laughs> the whole package, they've now separated out uh, Israel, but of course, President Biden has said he will veto that sinister political maneuver. <laughs> sinister political ploys and sinister political maneuvers. So if you don't want to send money to foreign countries because you believe that we need to protect our borders before we protect other people's borders, you are part of a sinister political maneuvering. <laughs> right? Is a little bit more erudite than Karine Jean-Pierre, who's reading prescripted, you know, comments for herself. But still, it's the same thing. So then we bounce back to KJP. She's going to go at it again. Republicans, all about these stunts. Stunts, stunts, stunts. Listen, go. Oh, you guys talk a lot, including today, about how the border wouldn't be such a big deal if Congress would have just passed your immigration bill on day one. Who was in charge of Congress on day one? So it's been three years. It's been three, three whole years. More than three years. Democrats. More than a thousand days. And look, this is a difficult issue, obviously. This is a difficult <laughs> issue. And what we have said is that Congress has to act, right? Congress, Democrats, Republicans have to act. But in those three years, it is true that Republicans have gotten in the way. They just have, Peter. They have consistently used immigration, the immigration system, the broken system, as a political stunt. There it is. That's what they've done. They've gotten in the way in trying to get more Border Patrol agents. They've gotten in the way in actually trying to fix what's happening, the challenges at the border. They did. So I mean, the, they the voted. Democrats they've actually voted. The first two years, no it has. I'm not saying that Democrats have not been in control the first two years. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying House Republicans have gotten in the way. They have. They have purposefully gotten in the way in trying to fix what's happening at the border. Ah, see, we're getting in the way. Imagine back to my gum in the hair. Getting in the way. No. No, we're not. We're standing up and saying your fixes to the problems that you created should not cost us. It should not cost us our safety. It should not cost us our freedom. And it should not put us in the freaking poorhouse. Period. Don't go anywhere. Joe Biden, the best sound of the day. I'm joking. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So you hear the talking points. You hear what they try to say on the left. This is the thing. 
There were there was a bevy of of I've used that twice. There was a, a preponderance, shall we say, a veritable cornucopia of sound bites from Joe Biden uh, from yesterday. I, I can't I just can't do it. I, I I picked one that I want you to listen to. And it's like this is critical. This is this is a critical cataclysmic decline. And and it's wrong. And they know it's wrong. Here's Joe Biden yesterday, lost in a haze. He's trying to talk about, you know, the six hostages, Americans that are still involved in this Hamas-Israel debacle. Uh, and the lack of concern from this administration about getting these people back. Corrine Jean-Pierre called them folks. Same way she called the army reservists who got killed uh, by Iran and Jordan military folks. That, that is a low IQ thing to say. And that is what you get from this administration. But here is the, the, the president himself, incapable of putting together a simple, cogent thought. Listen, it's painful. There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement, there's been a response from the, uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition, but, um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. He needs a member of the media to jog his memory about the word he's searching for, which would be Hamas. That is, so Corrine Jean-Pierre, after that, is asked a, a relevant question. I mean, the majority of Americans, I think it's 61% now, think he's shot, that he's not there. What are we doing, Corrine? Listen. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In you saw the president in Vegas, in California. Yeah. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Mich- Michigan. I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. That go is ahead. why. We, that is why we're asking. You guys watch him shuffle, that vacant move when you turn like a robot. When it's like your head is not capable of swiveling independently of the rest of your body and you move like this, right? That is what he's doing, Corrine, and that is why we're freaking asking. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because you don't have an answer. Because you do not have the ability to verbal spaghetti spin your way out of clear dementia. Now, if they're going to lie to you about that and tell you that the emperor is wearing beautiful clothing, you just have to look a little bit more closely. Do you trust them on anything that they say? Of course not. How about this answer? Hey, Corrine, you know, it's kind of typical. Aside from actually debating your opponents, there's this thing with the Super Bowl coming up this weekend where there's this, you know, sit-down interview. It's been done for years, but apparently Joe Biden doesn't want to participate because he cannot. Because he cannot function. Because they have to keep him bubble-wrapped enough to the fact to go under the radar most of the time. Listen to the question. Listen to the idiotic, 
idiotic answer. Go. Anything specifically on why you're not doing the Super Bowl interview? I mean, that's a massive audience in an election year of people who may not be tuned into this White House or this election at this moment. So look, as you know, Super Bowl is a great annual tradition. Uh, and uh, look, the president certainly, President Biden, looks forward to, uh, uh, to watching the game this Sunday, just like millions of, as you just stated, just like millions of Americans are going, are going to She's be doing She's reading that. this. Uh, and look, you know, we hope that the viewers uh, who tuned in, uh, you know, we know that the viewers who tuned in, they they tune in to watch the game, right? And so, uh, obviously, uh, you know, that is... Uh, um, yeah, that is just a fact. They want to see the game. They want to see their favorite team. They want to see a halftime show. Uh, that is what the super, it's that type of tradition. The president will find many other ways to communicate with Americans, uh, the millions of Americans out there, and we will uh, find those ways to do it uh, where we think the time is right. Oh, that's a lot of explanation. I wish the follow-up would be, since she's in a, such an astute observer of uh, television viewers in America. Hey, Corrine, uh, who's playing? She'd be like, right? Is this is this as good as it gets? Again, this is the the making of American mediocrity. Don't accept, or don't expect, I should say, high achievers. Water down your expectations. Prepare to be disappointed because that's going to be as good as it gets. And if that means your pilot who's gay or trans or black or brown was selected to fly your plane, not because of their God-given talent, their hard work or their ability in the cockpit, right? But because of what they look like or who they love or what sexual parts they have. Well, if your plane goes down, it's just sort of, that's the cost of diversity, equity, and inclusion in America today, friends. Okay, so you've gotten that, right? How about this? If the economy is America's number one concern, are your lawmakers listening? <laughs> you, want, you know my answer. <laughs> I've got it for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So this is kind of a big deal. I'm going to say it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Breitbart headline, Trump scores endorsement from International Union of Police Associations. Look, Sean Fain and the United Auto Workers, the rank and file auto workers, guys and gals, they're not looking at Joe Biden as some phenomenal leader. They don't think he's pro anything other than his hyperbaric chamber and probably multiple daily naps. And that's not being rude or disrespectful. It's being honest. The man cannot function. I just saw a video of Jill having to describe where he needs to go, walking off stage. Like, come on. It's so dumb. It's so embarrassing. And it's insulting to the integrity and to the education of, of the voting public, period. So let's talk about this endorsement. Big deal. International Union of Police Associations endorsing uh, Donald Trump in his White House bid Tuesday as polling shows crime is a top issue to the American electorate. No, duh. This is not complicated. In a press release, IUPA President San Cabral announced that the organization's executive board of directors unanimously 
endorsed Trump. You can get all of these sidebar, oh, he's for the union, Joe Biden endorsements. But they're all connected. There's obviously a reason, and it's always money. Quote, President Trump's history of support for the men and women of law enforcement is unmatched. His policies and actions were directed at improving safety in our communities and the men and women who provide that shield, the release stated, adding that the 45th president earned and deserves the IUPA's wholehearted support. The organization first chartered in 1979, this is the important part, went on to call out aspects of the Democrats' doctrine that have had tragic impacts on communities. This is directly from their press release saying, we support, as this police union, Donald Trump. Much of the Democrats' doctrine supports defunding the police, favors sanctuary cities, open borders, and reduced accountability for criminal behavior. The tragic result is apparent in those cities who have embraced these policies. The unfortunate forced businesses closed. The plight that followed Removing or roving, I should say, gangs are terrorizing retail businesses, raiding them with absolute impunity akin to a thousand year past, regressive rather than their own progressive ideology. They have not dealt with the consequences of their own failed strategies, and we all have suffered. I agree. So we get to this poll now. So what is everybody talking about? What is the top concern? Immigration is up there, I thought, earlier this week and was wrong. I said it was the number one concern. It's in the top three. Well, let's read this tipinsights.com, this tip poll. America's immigration anxiety amidst a gloomy outlook on the direction of the country. Over two-thirds polled expressed dissatisfaction with the direction of the country. Immigration and border security, security and crime Top concerns. Nearly one in two picked the economy, though, as the country's most important issue. If you don't have money, you don't have freedom. And if you don't have freedom, it doesn't really feel like you're living in the greatest place on planet Earth. It's kind of the issue. Let's talk about for Republicans, top priorities. 55% said immigration and border security. 44% said the economy. 24% said the national debt. Federal government spending. 22% said crime. 20% said trust in the government and in politicians. This is huge. Now juxtapose that with the top issues for Democrats. 30% say gun violence and gun control. 30%. They think that is more important than the border. 28% said the economy. 24% said climate change. Friends, there are some who will not be saved. 21% said immigration and border security. Versus the 55% of Republicans who said that. 20% say abortion. 20% say health care. So now let's bounce back over to Corrine Jean-Pierre. Let's talk about this. Everybody is believing, and they say, the economy. The obvious feeling, because your bank account does not lie, that no matter how many jobs you're working, it does not seem like you're moving ahead. Vast majority of people polled 
60-odd percent said all they have left, they could live on for maybe, maybe six months. That's not, that's not American exceptionalism. That's not the American dream. That's not progress. That's called three years of Democrats. Corrine Jean-Pierre asked this very question. Asked about the staggering credit card debt. That more and more Americans say they are drowning. Do you think Corrine Jean-Pierre acknowledges the facts? Or will she go out and beat the drum of how much this president cares? He's created all these jobs. Look, that's why wages are up. You can raise wages, my friends, all you want. But it cannot counteract the cost of inflation, which we have been suffering through for three years. Listen. The New York Federal Reserve just released a report today saying that Americans have $1.13 trillion in credit card debt, which is now another record. Um, is there an affordability crisis? So, look, uh, so um, look, what uh, we have been seeing, as you know from the data, the data has been very clear here, uh, that wages are going up, uh, consumers are spending a lot more, uh, and it's important. Uh, wages are meeting inflation. Uh, that's important. Lie. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, inflation is, uh, has gone down. What? And I think that's important as well. you got to look at the holistic uh, components of the data, uh, and I think that tells you a story of where we are as an economy. What? You want to take a victory lap for bringing down the hot inflation that your crap policies of suck created? That would be like the girl in the junior class of my high school who threw the bubble gum in my hair coming to me with the scissors and cutting it out and expecting a pat on the back. That's exactly what that is. Do you think the people in that press pool, do you think they, they're hearing that and saying, this is some sort of BS like I've never heard? Or are they all still drinking it in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us more, Corrine. Tell us more. Like all these layoffs we're hearing about in the media. It's not just in the media. It's in finance. It's in technology. It's in industry. It's everywhere. What about that, Corrine? Is that concerning to you? Listen. Um, I'm going to ask you about layoffs. Um, so UPS is cutting 12,000 jobs. Wayfair is cutting 13% of their workforce. Macy's. Amazon, Google, Citibank, Blackstone, they're all announced layoffs. The president talks about how he's added back all the jobs lost in the pandemic and created 5.4 million jobs. Uh, What's the level of concern that 2024 will be that wave of layoffs that we're going to start to see? So look, I'm certainly not going to speak to uh, every company that you just named, but if you look at, uh, and you just stated, if you look at under this Uh, Obviously, he takes that very seriously, any layoff, right? He understands what that means to a family uh, and how that could affect a family. Folks. Uh, The president has also uh, done um, a lot of work to get this economy going again, right? He's done a lot of work to make sure that uh, this economy is is being built from the bottom up, middle out. He's put some of this piece of legislation that I've talked about, uh, talks about making sure that, um, you know, workers are, are, are... are being paid fairly, right? That mm. wages are are competitive, mm. right? That uh, uh, that they are good paying union jobs. Mm. And we see that, we see that. So it's not just those 14 million jobs. Many of those jobs are good paying <coughs> jobs, right? That meet the moment. Oh that, my gosh. That the Americans need. Holy cow, this president has done a lot of work. This was Chuck Schumer. This was Chuck Schumer on CNN yesterday. We've worked for four months on this. It still sucks. But hey, we deserve a victory. Look how hard we worked.
right? I was sometimes on the phone at midnight. <gasps> Imagine that. It's a good bill. We need to pass this bill, Corinne Jean-Pierre. This president has done a lot of work. You know, the perfect follow-up question to that lie, that punch in the face lie. So why is it that you guys overestimated the 2023 jobs reports by 435,000 workers only to then when everybody was not paying attention, go back and revise all those numbers downward? Is that because you guys are creating a lot of jobs or because you lie and you got caught? See what we cut out of that soundbite for you, because I, I will reach through the lens and choke her. <laughs> Doesn't it just pot, if, just it makes my blood boil and I just want to. <laughs> she says we inherited an economy in a tailspin. Did you guys feel tailspinny before? Did you feel like, whoa, this whole Trump thing, this like, you know, low inflation, taxes in, in check, uh, expenses good, energy independence, border security, things going well, we're, we're respected on the world stage. Oh my gosh, it's out of control. Bring me back. Help. I have to vote for Joe Biden, said nobody ever, right? So I had to say this, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, well, he's admitting now, Mr. Socialism, Mr. I've got four homes, socialism, but everybody should have the same amount of income. That'll solve every problem. I want to stay rich. All of you people, you can stay poor, equally poor. That's a great system. It's always worked. <laughs> he acknowledges, I agree that most people are living paycheck to paycheck. However, I still think it's a great system. <laughs> Gateway Pundit. That was pretty good. I worked on that. Bernie Sanders admits most people are living paycheck to paycheck, but he still insists that people vote for Joe Biden. How does, how does that work? Are those two like one of these things is not like the other, right? Those are not congruous comments there, Bernie. Socialist crank. Gotta love Gateway Pundit. Bernie Sanders. Appeared on the Seth Meyers show recently because that's all the late night entertainment is now. Interviews with various left wingers and Democrat officials. During the interview, Sanders admits that most workers are living paycheck to paycheck. Yet he insists that people have to vote for Biden in a case of pure projection. He also claims that Donald Trump <laughs> is trying to divide the country and, and make Americans hate each other. Hate each other. Wasn't it Joe Biden who was like, those mega Republicans, right? He's the deranged lunatic who alienated half of the country. So I'm going to go with, hey, Bernie, suck it. Because we ain't buying what you're selling. Quick time out. <laughs> I think I need to lubricate my pipes to continue next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. It's true. It's all about the Benjamins, my friends. Oh, what a shame. Ronna McDaniel is stepping down from the RNC. I wonder if she'll step down and ride away in one of those overpriced limousines that the RNC spent a couple hundred thousand bucks on last year. You know, I mean, why would you why would you schlub around in an Uber when you can just have that? Or I don't know, you can drive yourself or run a car. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> New York Times underscores the media's suck here. Okay, it's 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 very intriguing when you can get into a story, you can get into the mind of a of a triggered progressive, quote unquote, journalist. 
get to the real meat and potatoes. So I'm going to read you a little bit of this. All right. This is the New York Times. Yes, I pay for a subscription, so you don't have to. You're welcome. Ronna McDaniel, RNC chairwoman, plans to step down. Well, apparently she got the message. Donald Trump is likely to back a supporter of his false claims of election fraud. What do you think it would be like to suck that much? I mean, honestly, because you're so proud of yourself. I got a job at the New York Times. Oh, my gosh. That's so huge. Like my background is in is in television, right? So they tell you out of grad school, out of journalism school, don't think that you're going to go to a big market. You're going to go to Huntsville, Alabama, which is a great market, top 100, right? But don't think you're going to get into New York, Chicago, et cetera. Can you imagine? I got on the New York Times staff. Well, with headlines like that, you would. The chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel, has told former President Donald J. Trump she is planning to step down shortly after the South Carolina primary on February 24th. This is according to two people familiar with the plans. Mr. Trump is then likely to promote the chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party, Michael Watley, as her replacement, according to several people, again, familiar with the discussion. If I went to my news director and I said, look, I'm going to do this story, but we have to we have to hide the identity of the people who are speaking. He would have told me to pound some sand. Well, they want to stay anonymous. No, it doesn't work like that. Apparently in journalism today, it, it does. Anonymous sources, people close to the investigation, people familiar with the matter, somebody who's worried about their future and don't want to be killed. Kill, I'm sorry, what? Mr. Trump is then likely to promote this guy, blah, 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 blah. A new election must take place. Mr. Watley could face internal party dissent, whatever. Ms. McDaniel has faced months of pressure, a campaign from Trump allied forces to unseat her and growing dissatisfaction and anxiety in the Trump camp about the strained finances of the RNC as the general election cycle begins. Mr. Trump likes Mr. Watley. This is the New York Times which means nothing anymore. This is like Leslie Stahl saying to Donald Trump, Mr. President, this is 60 Minutes. And he was like, I know. And 60 Minutes sucks, which is why I'm telling you, do some investigating, right? Mr. Trump likes Mr. Watley for one overwhelming reason. According to people who have discussed with him or has discussed him with the former president. Let me say that again. Mr. Trump likes Mr. Watley for one overwhelming reason, according to people who have discussed him with the former president. Who? Who? We're big boys and girls. This shouldn't be some like black ops, right? We're not selling, you know, arms to Iran and giving $6 billion to them so they can fund Hezbollah and all of that. I mean, Joe Biden's already done that. Please, this is a story about the RNC and they're talking like cloak and dagger stuff. It's all BS. Why does Mr. Trump like Mr. Watley? He's a quote, stop the steal guy, as one of the people described him. He endorses Mr. Trump's False claims about mass voter fraud 
And Mr. Trump believes he did a good job delivering North Carolina. False claims. Big lie. Corrine Jean-Pierre should choke the next time she wants to talk about the division caused by anybody who wants to talk about the truth. Because this Democrat Party, it's media operatives who are the propaganda wing of the progressive movement and all of their other minion clone troopers of suck with them who try to portray this false narrative every single day while steadily flushing the United States down the toilet. Pay attention. Because it's not just some fringe group that believes that according to the First Amendment and each of our freedoms of speech, that we should be able to question our government. We should be able to speak freely. We should be able to ask to be heard. We should be able to petition the government so that we can explain to them our grievances and not be entrapped, set up, lied about, prosecuted, thrown away, and demonized for something we never did. How dare you, Maggie Haberman, Shane Goldmacher, Jonathan Swan, and Annie Carney, who wrote this article of suck. It is because of you. It is because of you that America is divided because of your failure to tell the truth. And that makes me angry, I will just say. Of course, nowhere in this article does it talk about the glaring spending abuse in the RNC. And I'll just refresh your memory if you've forgotten. I'm pretty sure that spending... $297,000 on office supplies, $70,000 on floral arrangements, $116,000 on media booking consultants, $263,000 in limousine transport, $86,000 in texting, right? And gifts to donors, $615,000. I'm going to go with that doesn't really fit into the framework of what we, the conservative people, want in an rnc when we come back ladies and gentlemen holy moly moving along hour number three what is it with the left's fascination with vladimir putin you guys you saw tucker carlson's video yesterday we're going to talk a little bit about that and we're going to go back in the wayback machine oh it's good next on the wendy bell radio network